Although it, it would not be an episode of our podcast uh, unless David is either drinking and or eating something. Oh, both. We got both this time. You're doing both. Oh, we're having technical issues. I'm having a lovely self-prepared lemon pepper chicken with mashed potatoes and vegetables that I started way too late to eat before the podcast, and I'm not waiting until after. No, I would say no. (laughs) What are you drinking? What is your your pairing with this? I am pairing that with a lovely Coke Zero and whiskey, uh, Seagram 7, in In my classic Green Lantern cup, because I have to. I have to represent. I swear to God, if there's ice in that damn thing, I will (laughs) cut you. Nice. <laughs> what are you talking about? This, fuck, I hate you so much. You mean my adult rattle? <laughs> Your adult <laughs> rattle. So kids, kids have like a baby rattle. This is our adult rattle. Yep. I get you. It it soothes us and keeps us calm. Just like shiny things. Shiny things still. It work. is. <laughs> right on. Well, then hopefully David's in a good mood. He is uh, fed and beveraged. I'm getting there. You're getting there. Uh, with that, welcome to the Nerd Truck Podcast, everybody. Thank you for joining us. I am Jeff, and I'm here with David. Hey, guys. I was hoping to catch you like mid, right, mid jamming something. Mid, I know. That's why I waited. I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm just going to do this for the rest no. of the episode now. I'm, I'm just going to watch and wait. <laughs> just wait me quest- ask me questions every time I've got a mouthful of chicken. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then Phil's here as well. Hey, everybody. <laughs> uh if you heard a couple of other voices uh it's not you're not going insane we have some guests with yes. us today yeah if, if if people have listened to us this far you you're probably going insane other people, other people. <laughs> uh, so we have some guests with us we have some of the hosts from the podcast the drift space so welcome to you guys uh thanks for coming on yeah hey. Hey. thanks thanks for having us Awesome. So we have uh, G, Rebecca, and Jr. Right? Um, I got the names yep. right. Oh yeah. yeah. That, okay. A lot, a lot of letters there. I'm sorry. In All in that same order. Oh, God, <laughs> it's it's terrible. Stupid letters. Yeah, they're, they're the worst. Uh, no, thanks for coming on. And I um, I was actually just telling Phil this, but like, I think you guys were one of the first ones that we interacted with either online, like on Twitter or something when we first started, like you gave us one of our first, uh, iTunes reviews. So thank you. Oh, hey, well, I hey, didn't know we were one of our, one of your first fans. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> I was, it. I will it was, gladly take that. Ironically. And it's nice that our, our, uh, fourth host Dave isn't on here because that would get confusing with two Daves, but, uh, he, he actually, uh, turned me on to you guys and he said, I think you got you you'd really like how they do things, how they go through the series and whatnot. I'm like, all right, I'll jump in. Let's let's take that dive. And you know, we we wanted to get with you guys a few months ago, but uh it was just the timing was hideous and uh but we're glad, we're glad to make it work. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, we are glad to, to have you on, and I'm glad that we're turning somebody on. Yep. Hey oh <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> um, right on i'm that's I, see kind of like like what i was saying before we started recording like it's it's weird to me that people listen to us and then and then in turn someone recommended us that's even yeah. weirder <laughs> well something's wrong there i don't know <laughs> uh no so thank you uh all for coming on that's uh this is gonna be fun um so how did you i mean obviously we're here to talk about star trek but let's talk about you guys for a few minutes. Um, how All did right. you come together to talk to uh, start your podcast? 
I didn't have any choice. Sadly, that's true. I'm podcasting against my will. <laughs> Keep that gun on her, Jr. Uh, Jr. Do you do you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. So, I, I guess the be- best way to say it is we've been friends. G and I have been friends since, uh, oh gosh, middle school, and we've just been nerding it up ever since then. And then around the when we all separated, we met. G met Dave at college. And they started nerding it up, and then I came to visit, and we all started nerding it up, and then we moved, and we're like, guys, we're not nerding it up. So we started a podcast. (laughs) See, it's a good way just to connect and talk to friends about nerdy shit. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to add that, you know, this was – I like to say that this this podcast in particular was something that was sort of born of the pandemic. Um you know, as soon as that hits, we all of our jobs, except for Jr. Me. Jr.'s, he's he's considered the essential worker. But uh, we it, things just kind of went dark mm, for us, yeah. and we we're like, all right, well, we need to do something to keep our our sanity to some extent here, because you know people are too afraid to go out. Well, we're being locked in. We don't have a whole lot of work to go back to, so we started this thing. And uh, dragged Rebecca on for the ride. Rebecca, is there anything you want to add to this one? <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure if anybody's aware, but I am, in fact, related to G. I'm his younger sister. And so, yeah, that is the reason why I didn't have a choice. And, uh, but, uh, but yes, I, I too am a nerd. I, I thrive and swim off of Transformers no, and Dragon Ball Z and whatnot, and nice. And um, I'm mostly into drawing, obviously, and uh, I, well, not obviously. I don't know if people know, but um, and uh, at one day I get a I get a text message from either GJ or JR, and uh, they're saying, "Hey, we're doing a podcast. You're joining us." And I'm like. <laughs> um, I am. <laughs> like what? You are now. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'm in the middle of drawing. No, no, you gotta come. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she she actually does our artwork for us. So all the art you see from the drift space is hers. So nice. Right oh, on. Cool. Yeah, very nice. I wish we had someone who had talent on our podcast. I don't. If only. Oh. who knew well that's awesome i mean it's that it's it's a very similar story to ours and i think i mean we started a little bit before the pandemic but i mean definitely during this this has been like our weekly let's hang out and talk to people because we have no other way to do it especially those those early months if y'all can remember you know a year ago when this was supposed to (laughs) this will be over soon uh you know like (laughs) last march like oh my god (laughs) When I can't tell you, I mean, easily what half the guests we've had on story just like yours. They're like, oh, we have had the pandemic and we're sitting around at home and we can't do anything. So let's start a podcast. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I get questions now and then or I get assumptions from people who are like, oh, well, you're a successful podcast. I was like, I, how do you know this? Because yeah, I, don't I, know. <laughs> I don't I put, I put successful in giant air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, people at work are like, hey, so uh, we had a question about this. How long have you been doing it? And what would you get so popular? We're like, 
I'm popular. popular. We yeah. have, yeah. we have a the definition of this success. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have 115 people following us on Twitter. We, <laughs> I, I have popular. no clue, no clue what the numbers are. And you know what? I don't really care either. I, I think, you know, we're having a lot of fun, which is the number one thing. Yeah. And uh, I did I did go back and listen to some some episodes recently and I was like, you know what? We put up some good content. We say some good stuff. We 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 unravel some things about movies that maybe people haven't thought about or didn't know. And I'm I'm happy enough that it's out there. Numbers be damned. I you know. Yeah. One yeah, of the every best... once in a while we'll see somebody that has gone back and downloaded pretty much our entire back catalog of episodes. Yeah. Yep. And we're like, oh man, those first like twenty five or fifty were kind of rough. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're looking at those past episodes and just going and, and it was off, TOS as well. So we weren't that thr- well, I wasn't that thrilled to be here. So doing <laughs> TOS, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of rough. It was a it was a slog. It sucked. One of the best pieces <laughs> of advice that I ever got was from uh, Bill from Truck Geeks. He said, don't look at your numbers. Like, don't look at downloads. Just don't stress about it. Just be happy. Put out good content. And uh, over time, it'll get there. So, because yeah. I think the first couple months, I was like, oh, my God, we had five downloads. Oh, crap. We had, you know, 10 downloads. I'm like, I, I can't do that anymore. It's just, it, it stresses me out way now too much. We look at it every so often, but we did the same thing when we started. We were like, okay, guys, nobody may ever listen to this, but we're going to do it anyways, right? Like, they just want to yeah. do it for us. Yeah. And then we're like, hey, maybe people will listen to it. And then occasionally we get people like you where we're like, holy crap, people listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Shockingly. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your podcast, like specifically. What's your, for people who have not listened, how would you, sell them on on your podcast yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a good start <laughs> i like that i think i think the the draw of our podcast is it's not something you necessarily have to listen to every episode with you can find something uh within our catalog that just you can listen to that episode and you wouldn't have to listen to the previous episode we cover uh, Star Trek. We cover Spider Man. We cover Godzilla. So you know, if if that's not your thing, go to you know Spider Man. If that's not your thing, we got we got uh, fanboys. We got Star Wars. Go to that. So hey. it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and that's definitely a good thing. I mean, because people aren't typically just nerds or fans of one thing. You like. A lot of different shit. So it's like, yeah, you I mean I I did notice that one of you is a big kaiju fan, so Hello. There were some <laughs> hints out there. <laughs> right, right here. <laughs> um, well, so then how did you I mean I I know we we conned you into coming onto a Star Trek a podcast. Um how'd you guys get into Star Trek or I mean are are some of you more Trekkies than others? Uh Rebecca, why don't you start with that one? Great. Put me under the bus. <laughs> Always. The entire podcast is just is, is going to be us throwing you under the bus. One giant bus. <laughs> or starship. Because I'm a woman. Isn't it? Um, so. <laughs> well. Actually, I believe our first episode was of our podcast. It was Picard, right? One of the Picard. Um, yeah, it was, it was the yep. uh, season one of Picard, right? Yeah. Yeah, I. 
I have not listened back to our previous episodes, especially the first one, because I know for a fact that I was horrible. I was crappy <laughs> as hell. I was stuttering. I was going with my ums, ums, uh, uh, and everything. Uh, <laughs> but, like I'm still doing now. And <laughs> But how we got into Star Trek, uh, me personally, well, honestly, it was just Star Trek The Next Generations. I, I personally grew up with that. I was born in 91, and, and the first thing I saw as a baby uh, was, was Picard, Data, uh, Riker, and the Enterprise, and... <laughs> I, I can constantly remember G.J. humming the, the Star Trek oh, no. theme, and <laughs> before that, he was humming uh, the Batman theme from '89. And but that's that's a story for another time. <laughs> oh, I got a lot of embarrassing stories about G.J. But okay. uh, <laughs> perfect. That's that's a good way to start. I mean, it's you know, as you're you're kind of just indoctrinated into it because it's just there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just always on kind of a thing. Yeah, another another thing that I did grow up with, but it was not part of my uh, timeline. It was uh, the Wrath of Khan. We had uh, the Wrath of Khan uh, VHS, and, <laughs> and I constantly remember uh, GJ putting it in. Our VCR. You remember what v- VCRs were, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm actually trying to, trying to buy another one right now. But yeah, go on. <laughs> right on. But uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I do remember uh, one time I was, I was asking like, "Where's Data? Where's Picard? Where's the Enterprise?" And GJ was like, "That is the Enterprise, but Data and Picard aren't here on this one." This is a different Star Trek. And I'm like, why? And he's, he's, and he's like, there is no other Star Trek. I, I wasn't old enough to understand the space time continuum. <laughs> so. And there's been five ships named Enterprise so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not confusing at all. I think I was like, what, four or five? I don't know. It was a long time. You were time. younger. You were younger than that, Rebecca. I don't remember being that young. You were younger than that. <laughs> she knows um, nothing else but Star Trek. I guess. I guess since she went, I'll I'll kind of uh, piggyback off of that one. It's not I it's his fault that I know. Yeah, Star <laughs> it really is. It really is kind of my fault. I, uh, I I owe I owe my Star Trek fandom love for it anyway to to Batman actually. And okay. because I I wore out the VHS tape, I I watched the '89 Batman um, once, at least once, sometimes twice a day for a full year. And wow. when I was like four, <laughs> three, four, and it got to the point where my dad was just like, "We gotta wean this kid off Batman," and <laughs> and so he introduced me to, to the Next Generation because he had grown up with Star Trek. He loved Star mm-hmm. Trek, and he was really excited about uh, a new Star Trek TV show coming on at the time. And you gotta think back, you know, that was huge at the time. Wow, a second Star Trek series? Whoo, you know, I mean, yeah. it was, it right. was a huge deal. And so he got me on board with the Next Generation, and. Being the age I was, I didn't really understand what was going on, but I knew, I knew for a fact that I liked 
the characters and how they looked. I knew for a fact that I liked what they were wearing. I knew for a fact that I loved the Enterprise. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it was presented to me. This is what really broke the camel's back was that it was presented to me one day. I was uh, bribed by my mother <laughs> to do some sort of chore. And she she said, if you if you do this, I'll, I'll have you watch a Star Trek movie. And I thought, oh, oh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> movies? there's a movie. <laughs> so. So, yeah, whatever I had to do, I did it quick. And uh, I I sat in front of the TV. She popped in Wrath of Khan. How confused do you think I was? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? But no. at the same time, it didn't matter. You know, when you put when, when you sit in front of something this good, it doesn't matter. The, the characters were still engaging. The Enterprise, I found myself loving that version more. I mean, it's just a slick, good-looking ship, and I've I've talked about this on our show before. The Constitution class starship is the sexiest-looking piece of hardware. Uh, it's just <laughs> David's making the face. He yeah, did not like Rathacon. He did not. He was not a con fan. I wasn't a huge fan of that ship either. But okay, the uh, the uh, <laughs> refit, dude. The uh, refit's we... a gorgeous ship. Can we turn off, David? Maybe we can <laughs> mute, mute. Say that all the time. Well, you've listened to us before. You should know I'm the one who kind of stirs up the drama here. <laughs> it's not wrong. I am, we all I have am our roles. <laughs> Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is easily uh, not just my favorite Star Trek movie, but one of my top three favorite movies. Uh, and it started with that. And ever since then, it's been just the rabbit hole, man. I mean, anything Trek that comes out. I'll devour it. I don't know if I'll like it, but <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah, it's not all gold. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, Star Trek Discovery season one. I took me over a year to finish. I was not having it. Star Trek Discovery season two. I went. I zipped through it. It was great. But you know, here we are, so many years later. That's true. Well, especially, you know, kind of like what you said about a rabbit hole. I mean, it's it's it it also doesn't hurt that you've got, you know, 800 plus hours of like, uh-huh. oh, this is a deep rabbit hole. This will keep me busy. Yeah, it will. But you know what? There's no pressure either because I feel yeah. like it's always there. And we talk about we're about to talk about next generation. Well, I have next generation on all the time. It's just comfort food, essentially. You know, I, I've seen these episodes so many times at this point. That like while I'm working in the office or at home, I just have it on because it's like having a, a good friend there next to me to support me. <laughs> and it's great because if you, if you happen to tune out for a few minutes, you you look back over and you know exactly what's going on. You're like, oh, OK, exactly. exactly. So it's right. not like you have to go, oh, crap, I missed five minutes. I got to rewind. No, no, it's it's just <laughs> I know what transpired. So yeah. <laughs> right on. I like that. So and then it, it it brings family together and you've passed it on and it's 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 like a cancer you can spread it to people and it just it grows it's fine. What cancer in, do you know that's contagious, Jeff? I, in the best possible way. Um, I've been watching a lot of Fringe lately, so I'm guessing it's an alternate universe cancer that's contagious. That's oh, okay. that's I'm going that's with that. Oh, okay. He's thinking uh, of he's thinking of COVID. That's there true. we go. That's, <laughs> how did I not make that reference? Seeds, you know, the moment you bring the multiverse into it, you can do anything you want. That's just how it works. That's true. <laughs> it's an alternate That's reality. Alternate reality. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Right on. Dig it. Um, and, and that's what I like about your guys' podcast too, is that it's, it's not, I mean, obviously we're more pigeonholed cause it's a strictly Star Trek rewatch podcast, but you guys can do anything cause you know, you can giant monsters or Godzilla or Star Godzilla. Trek, whatever you want. That's yeah, awesome. I'm very excited for Godzilla versus Colin coming up. Looks so good. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this rolls. <laughs> I'm, 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 fingers you, crossed. <laughs> one way or another, you're gonna hear us talk about it. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nerds are 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 definitely vocal. I have found. <laughs> Damn fan bases. <laughs> They're notoriously forgiving when it comes to their favorite movie franchises. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't hate on anybody ever, ever about anything. <laughs> <Star Wars> fans. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Uh, right. On. Well, let's, let's get into this. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to talk about pen pals. Uh, so TNG season two, episode 15, original air date, April 29th, 1989. My birthday. Oh, is it? Well, well not today. One of them. One of them. <laughs> when you were, I don't know what you were like 10. I was like, what, what year is this? 89. I don't know how old you are. I was nine. Yeah. What's your name? What? Who are you? What's this guy on our screen? Who is that? <laughs> uh, so the basic premise of this one, um, they're actually just out cataloging some shit, looking at geographical stuff, doing cool space science. Uh, Wesley gets a big homework assignment. He's put in charge of something. And then Data makes a friend. And then we violate the Prime Directive in so many ways. Sweet. <laughs> Yes. So many but ways. at least they acknowledge that they're doing it this time. That's the one thing I do give them, because every other time they just do it like, what's the problem? Like, and this time they're actually like, should we, shouldn't we, this is bad, oh, there's going to be hell to pay, okay, <laughs> alright, we're doing it. And then they just <laughs> do a full send on it, like, fuck it, full send. Like, we're going deep in this one. <laughs> in for a penny, yeah. in for a pound, let's go! <laughs> need to go another layer deeper. <laughs> it, it's like Inception, it's it's like a prime <laughs> directive Inception. <laughs> just keep going deeper. <laughs> um yeah that's what um i think that was actually my favorite scene in the whole thing was that where a picard has the officers in his quarters and like we need to talk Mm -hmm. this out Mm -hmm. because i mean it's either that or you know they they saved wesley from the prime directive from the you know sexy naked planet Mm -hmm. and they're like (laughs) this one they're actually going to put some thought into it not just do it yep (laughs) yes well i think I agree with you that 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 scene was probably the best in this episode. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was kind of odd that it didn't take place in the ready room and instead his quarters. Uh, <laughs> he had a nice or the, like, or the, food or the giant's too. conference room that they have right off the bridge made. Or the yeah yeah that they use for yeah mm-hmm. it, the the fact that this was uh, in his quarters instead made it seem like this was something more personable. Maybe maybe something they shouldn't or should not be discussing. Um, Kind of off the books. Yeah, sort of like, well, this is happening. Um, Big Brother listens in the mm -hmm. conference room. (laughs) Yeah, and so I'm, I'm kind of wondering, you know, what, what spurred that decision creatively, but uh, I've always found the Prime Directive um, equal parts interesting and a headache, Uh, because you know the Prime Directive wasn't really introduced until TNG, and ever since then we've we've been playing with the whole well does it apply to this well does it not apply to this well are we breaking it well and, and it comes down to well, what happens if you do break it we see them break the prime directive about a hundred thousand <laughs> times 
yeah. no one gets sent to the principal's office. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's just yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, because yeah, Kirk would have been sent a point. long time yeah. ago. Well, I was gonna say I thought they brought up the Prime Directive in TOS, didn't they? Like season three, times. it was in that shitty season, right? <laughs> I think it was a couple though. times, but there were still no consequences. That's true. No, yeah, there's definitely they talk about like, oh, we shouldn't do it, but there's never been like what happens. Oh, I take that back. Wasn't there one in TOS where they go back to a planet they had visited and they like had violated the Prime Directive and everything was crazy? Oh, the gangster one? No, that no, was... no, the not the old, no, the Nazi not the old one. West one, the Nazi. Uh... One. Um... It was something where they had come and interfered back when even they might have had the prime directive back then, but they had come and interfered somewhere. There's like 20 episodes. Like that. Uh, <laughs> and then they came back and something was like way off the rails. So maybe it was the gangster one because they had like the book that they'd based the whole society off of kind of thing. That's that's the gangster one. Yeah. But it is funny. It's just kind of a we shouldn't do this. Not like if you do this, there's going to be a court martial or you're going to get in trouble or you could be fired from your job or whatever. Yeah, it's just. Oh, whoops. Let's well, let's hope nothing bad happens there. Like, it's just kind of a guideline that an actual rule. Well, it's a prime I, suggestion. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> just it is I liked uh, as much as I don't like her character. Uh, Pulaski said, I find that rigidity. Uh, I find that rigidity rigidity uh, cowardly in some ways. Mm. Um, and I do think the prime directive like it, it it's they, they come up. They only bring up the prime directive in the show whenever they're not sure if it applies or how to get around it or find a loophole or something like that. Yeah, it's got to be convenient. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, no. it's, um, and I always wonder, you know, what's the point of bringing in, bringing it into these stories if we're just going to find loopholes or discover that, you know, our, our, you know, the right thing to do is, clashing with the ethical thing to do as according according to this book the set of rules hmm. uh and it's it's always bothered me and honestly i was completely on data's side Let, let's get down there and save some lives do you think they do it as like a way to show yes we've thought this out or at least to present like an like or to give a visual representation of like this is kind of what we're trying to figure out instead of just making like a you know like a unilateral a decision like they're actually we thought about this Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it makes sense that there would be rules, a set of rules established when exploring strange new worlds. But I don't. But it's not it's not just a rule. It's like a law and laws do have punishment uh -huh. consequences that go for breaking those laws. So it, it is interesting that there just isn't. Yeah, there's never any consequence to this. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, I mean, I yeah. my my job in particular, I have a. 1800 page book of bylaws in font size five that I, i'll never understand <laughs> and you know i have a person i have a compliance person for this who i i basically instead of opening the book i just go to her and i'm like can i do this and she says <laughs> yes or no or or she finds a loophole a loophole yeah um mm -hmm. and you know if you know i go to her if like have i broken this and she says yeah but i'll sweep it under the rug but th th there's still <laughs> <laughs> there's still consequences for that. Right. And I don't know. It's just, it was, it was just confusing to me because while there should be rules or laws, as, as David said, uh, I, I just don't get what they're trying to say with it. Maybe. And maybe someone, hmm. 
here can help me. I'm sure Rebecca has thoughts on that. <laughs> Speak up. Uh, please do. Well, <laughs> okay. I had to I had to write this down because I didn't want to stutter, obviously. But <laughs> in the episode Pen Pals, uh, it, it's about it's about like two sentient beings. Neither of them are human, and and find each other out of desperation and friendship. And Data, being an android, a machine with no human emotion, bonds with an alien little girl who's planet is geologically unstable and an interesting part in that is uh the so the judges well it's probably a too too strong of a word uh the officials who observe all of this and debate through this relationship are are humans with the exception of Worf and half of troy um mm. because troy's half human uh i, I I agree with GJ and everyone else here. I love the arguments each crew member made and about their prime directive, how it's to study the planet's unstableness and not alter its fates. But is it right to leave a planet's people to die from natural causes? Should they allow cosmic fate to handle such decisions? Or are, or are, are they being there is the reason for the cosmic fates or, or something? All arguments sees the seconds they hear the little girl Sarjenka, her name her name's yeah. Sarjenka's cry for help. Specific right. specifically Data's help. And that um that wakes up that's a wake up call for Picard realizing, screw this, we gotta save these people and we gotta save them now, which in fact they tend to get in the habit of breaking protocol and saving civilizations later on. I mean, mm -hmm. let's face it, Kirk's legacy lives on in Picard. Uh, anyway, <laughs> data. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Data, the one who is obligated and programmed to follow orders from his superiors as well as human moralities, mm -hmm. human. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. And nearly ended the entire crew of the Enterprise's careers for bringing Sergeant on board the, the ship. <laughs> I, I love O'Brien's reaction when he when he Even beams him up. He's like, "Oh like, shit! Oh, there's gonna be hell to pay." Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. At least they do acknowledge that. But I liked that where they have the conversation about fate and kind of go through that whole loop of like, "Well, what if it's fate?" And it's like, "We well, can't use that as an excuse because we can't remove ourselves from that fate. We're a part of it. Our right. decisions are a part of it." And then he's like, "Well, that negates the idea of fate." It kind of it just it's this loop that yeah. you go through. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're exactly. there. Yeah, because I think Troy brings it up, right? She's like, "Oh, well, isn't part of fate that we are here to intervene yeah. if we can?" It's yeah. something philosophy covers pretty well. Is essentially, yeah, there might be an idea of fate, but you can't use that as an excuse for anything because of that. Because you're a part of that fate. Your decisions are a part of that fate. So this is maybe why I hate the Prime Directive so much. Is it's just you know you can't apply, and I think. They realize that you can't apply a rule book to living, feeling, hurting people. Yeah. In all cases, you know, they all they all of them, as Rebecca said, decided, oh, that's a person down there, not a yeah. not a subject for our rule book, not a number. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a human morality thing. We we as a species just deep down inside want to try and help whenever possible. And of course, right, it, had do to the take, right thing. it had to take two people who were not human to make. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, yeah. And we tend to think that whatever we think is right is right, and we want to push that on other people. That's always been human traits. You yeah. know. <laughs> See, I wonder too if um, if it's kind of they created. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think there's a, a, a they partially created the Prime Directive because, I mean, there's some sense to it. I think, like you know, we don't want to interfere in the the natural evolution of something. Like if if someone's if, if a culture is destined to do something, then we shouldn't like mess with them. Sure. But then I think it's also partially given as like like a a way to like get rid of the the guilt. Like oh well, it's prime directive. I I can't intervene. Sorry, my hands are tied. Following orders. I would it's like I would well, love trying to, see, to belay some of that. No. I would love to see Star Trek cover whatever happened to create the prime directive, right? Because it, when you have these laws and stuff, it's always based on something that occurred. So at what point did they like tell somebody that star travel and starships and all this stuff exists, and their like society just melted down? I'm very curious Doesn't to that, see what what that was. They covered that a little bit in Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did they? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. So you guys, I think, and 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 Phil would have to, yeah, explain. I mean, there there are just episodes where essentially Enterprise fucks around uh, with some stuff, and they're yeah, like, they they get, right. they show up and they're like, <laughs> they, hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> they get to the thing. They change too much about certain cultures, and mm-hmm. then at the end, I mean, and then it's irreversible. The damage yeah. is done. And then they have a conversation about how, you know, in the future we're going to have to put together some sort of prime directive to to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so, yeah. I mean, I I wonder. I mean, do you think we could handle aliens visiting us? I mean, I know, well, the Vulcans are going to do it in in a few decades, but I don't even think <laughs> now we could cope with that very well. Do people would freak out? A hot mess as it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does I kind mean, of remind me of the line from Men in Black where he's like, the person is smart, but people are dumb, reactive people, yeah. or species who know it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you saw what happened when we tried to read Area 51. We got COVID. So... <laughs> <laughs> I just picked up the arm. Like, like the military... <laughs> so the military there is like, huh, we're going to screw with them now. We're going to release COVID. They they tried to invade us. We're going to release COVID. That's Basically. what it was. <laughs> It wasn't China. It was Payback. us. Or some That's guy in Area 51 is just shooting a text to China as people are running in. All right, let it go. <laughs> first, as, as, as When they saw that first Naruto runner, they're like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, gosh. Uh, um, yeah, it is, it's interesting. I mean, because they're not really on a... You don't get too many scientific missions. I mean, usually they're on some like, oh we're here to like chart gaseous clouds and then like, Oh, the Romulans attack. But this one's actually just, they're there to just do like six weeks of geological studies. That doesn't happen very often where they're just chilling and doing science. Where are the Romulans in this one? Typically they're just like, your lives are boring. Let's spice it up. <laughs> kind of is. <laughs> True. They're like, they're just a, trolling the federation they're like haha we're just gonna pop up and scare you they really are (laughs) (laughs) they just got locked on phasers they're like one minute that's all it takes (laughs) just waiting for that open window it would Uh, um so uh data's friend sarjanka that he he befriends uh it's played by nikki cox um, I don't know if you guys know the, I, I always remember her from the show, um, unhappily ever after 
which is kind of like a married with the children like knockoff sort of. Huh. Mm-hmm. But then I don't know. I don't. I'm sure if you saw her, you probably recognize her. I I think I know who that is actually. Yeah. Yeah, she was on like. I recognize someone. There you go. No, but it's just it, it goes back to the whole. I'm like, it's like Law and Order. It's like everyone's been on Law and Order. Like everyone's been on Star Trek. True. Mm-hmm. Or there's some like six degrees of it. Wasn't yeah, she? She uh she was on that show. Uh, was it Las Vegas? Like yeah. Early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a great show with Josh Duhamel. I like uh-huh. that show. There you go. Yeah. See, she was on that. Um, so I don't know. I, um, yeah, I think that's probably the only like big takeaway from me from this episode is kind of the whole prime directive debate. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent to Wesley. I originally, I always hated him. Uh, I just don't care anymore. So <laughs> his whole plot, I'm like, eh, I don't care. They, they really try, you know, and I have, to, you know, rewatching next generation, they really try to get you to be invested in what's going on with Wesley's character mm-hmm. and his development throughout the show. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How successful is it? that kind of explains it. I think, I don't know, maybe just, it, I mean, but he, he's not a bad person. He's not a bad character. I, you know, he's got loving people trying to help him. Like, why do I still not like him? I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. On paper, everything seems to work. Okay. I don't, Jr. What do you do? You have any? Yeah, no. I was I was thinking about that uh, when I was watching it. It's like the Freakazoid line, huh? It was good on paper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys addressed it a few uh, episodes back. Where it, I don't know if it's the character or if it's his acting. You know, it's just it's it it's almost like because he didn't want to be there. He didn't like doing star trek so it's like i don't know if that's showing through oh or... will wheaton yeah yeah, will wheaton. Uh, yeah we said it a few episodes it's, it's back. just I like, I once... like wesley but not will <laughs> yeah uh but it's like i don't know once he's gone once he gets the boot off the show the show gets better <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well here's the thing i'll i'll rebut on that one jr i feel like it's not that the show gets better. It's just that it doesn't really affect anything. I, I yeah, it's, I, I, it's I, almost like, like his presence, like his presence there really doesn't do anything. He's a great guy. They just hate his guts. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I mean, do you think because they were trying to make it like kid friendly like or, or teenage friendly? And then once you get rid of that, you're like, okay, we can do like adult storylines more. He was supposed to be the teenage draw. I don't know. Um, he was their Chekhov. Maybe. No, no, he wasn't um, their Chekhov. Uh, <laughs> he he could not build on the show. Was... <laughs> Maybe he spoke in Russian. I might have liked it better. That was the point. <laughs> uh, no, and I don't think it's, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I'm kind of indifferent to him now. And I don't think it's Will Wings. I mean, I, I you know, because I know he and and Will Wheaton's talked about it on his social media about stuff. You know, he's his relationship with his parents, and he never really wanted to be famous. It was his parents wanting him to be famous. Uh-huh. Um, but he always spoke very highly about his Trek family and how they supported him and all that. So I don't think it's him. I don't know. I just maybe I'm just jealous of Wesley maybe Crusher. It's his maybe. uniform. It doesn't zip up all the way in the back, and it I bothers. Just, I feel, every time I see the uniform, I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> okay, now that is everybody done shitting on Wesley? <laughs> I don't know. As, Sorry, Phil. as the one person who, no, and it's fine. I'll I'll take ten seconds to defend him, and but I don't know. I never maybe, and I'm sure I've said this before. I identified with him as because I was nine, ten years old when these episodes first came out. But when I really got into next gen, I was a teenager. I was fifteen, sixteen, and mm-hmm. so I saw a lot of myself in Wesley as as being a kind of shy, introverted, kind of awkward preteen teen age so i don't know that that part of him never bothered me mm-hmm. and then he gets to make out with ashley judd and stuff and i was okay with that so okay, yeah that's <laughs> see then maybe it is a jealousy thing for me because i was the exact same awkward <laughs> nerdy shy kid with a with a bad stutter and maybe that's what it was i'm just jealous you he didn't gets get to, be to make out with ship. ashley judd i didn't get to make out with <laughs> ashley judd i still would I, I, oh, yes. I'm not her type. You know, I I, I can see your uh, I can see your point of view now because I, I'm jealous. I want to be on a starship. I want to see things. At the helm, it's like, come on. Yeah, right? he's he's like at the front of the action, and he's like what, fifteen, sixteen? Yeah. All yeah. I did when I was fifteen and sixteen was just cry about not being popular. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that sounds about and right for me. You got to do that on a starship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he got to do Bastard. it. He he got to do it in space. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I gotta go back to the the idea that maybe it's the uniform because because when he started, here we out. Here we out. When he started wearing the like the uniform and went to Starfleet Academy and stuff like that, I felt like his storylines did get more interesting. Because, but again, the Ashley Judd episode wasn't that the one with the the eye heroine. Yeah, uh, yeah, the game, yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that was actually I I liked that episode. I also I really liked Good the episode. episode with um the proto Tom Paris and the Jaeger loop. The uh, oh, the, mm-hmm. the accidents that happened. Yeah. That was an excellent episode. Yeah. Um. You know, I be I to <laughs> quote Monty Python, he gets better. Um, <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, I'm really trying, guys. Maybe that's I don't know. It's it's weird, and I'm kind of I'm kind of growing on, or Doctor Pulaski is kind of growing on me. She's kind of shut your mouth. Shut like your damn mouth. mouth. Shut up. Okay, <laughs> shit, man. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> So so I can shit on Wesley for like twenty minutes, but if I say that I like Tucker Pulaski, <laughs> that's when you flip on me. Yep. Damn. Thought we'd established this already, and I know I'm not the only Pulaski hater right now. I heard yep. somebody else yep. say they hey, hate yo. Pulaski too. Yeah, that is, yeah that, that is three. There you go. No, I well, no, I definitely started because of, with the whole data thing, and they were trying to like you know, I mean, and and people have said it before. She's trying to out Doctor McCoy, Doctor McCoy. You know, being the kind of like grumpy person, but uh-huh. she's kind of softening for me. I she's not. I think they they're as they change her character a bit. It's it's just she's more compassionate, and I can kind of relate to that more now as an adult than I could as as a kid, especially just in in my my work and with my own kids. So I don't. She I'm I'm kind of softening on her. She's she's not so bad. Yay! I'm bringing Jeff around. I love the facts. <laughs> I love the facts. She's not even in the next episode we're about to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> is she? Oh yeah. So, as soon as I don't, as soon as I don't see that title card, special guest appearance. 
I'm like, like, oh, it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> I'm wondering, whatever happened to that actress? Uh, Diana Mulder? Yeah. She did much else, maybe. I don't know, uh, someone I am to be here. way to find this out. Hold on. Is there some sort of, <laughs> like, creation that mankind has made where we can just instantly search for things? Hey, <laughs> Come on, uh, David. He's all right. Or something yeah. like that, right? I'm still so using know, a flip phone. I know she did <laughs> L.A. Law. I don't know what she did after that. With Corbin Burnson, who played Q. Yeah. Ah. Hey. Oh. She, um, she never wanted to be uh, listed as a, a regular on next generation though yeah she yeah. Never, I found interesting she, i don't think it, she ever had the best experience on the show she left the show finding deciding that uh she found the storylines too dependent on the technology as opposed mm-hmm. to the original star trek which she was also on right. yep and uh, she did like three episodes right yeah two, yeah three i think i thought well, at, at least two. I can actually only think of one, but I think she did, yeah. at least was in two. <laughs> no, she did two. She did the one where I think is it Eye of the Beholder, where she's escorting the like Medusa bright light thing, where she's blind, and then she also did the one where I like that one. Yeah, and then she also did the one with where where her and Kirk, these ancient beings, put their consciousness into their bodies. So they did at least. She did at least two. Oh, I do remember that. That's the one I've been thinking of. Okay. Well, one. she was. Yeah. She also played uh, Leslie Tompkins on Batman the Animated Series. Jr. Ooh. I was just gonna say that. I'm like, she was in Batman the. Yeah, she was in LA Law. Oh. And I enjoyed her much more there. <laughs> just, just her voice. Nice. Like I, I said, that. I enjoyed her much more there. I like her voice. <laughs> I hate your face. Damn. No. <laughs> She's actually or you just don't like the character. Let's be fair. You yeah. actually, but uh, to be uh, fair, yeah, I don't. I, I honestly have no ill. I I truly don't have any negative feelings toward her nor to Wesley. They're just mm. there for me. They're just there. They're, they're just fictional characters that you don't. They're just <laughs> back to be this. <laughs> I know. I you know. I, I think in in the past ten minutes we probably just. Uh, exemplified why Star Trek fans can be really shitty sometimes is because we get really annoyed <laughs> about certain characters and, and people are like, fuck Michael Burnham, screw this. Or, or Wesley yeah. Crusher. Like, no. I mean, fans get very passionate one way or the other about characters and shows and even ships. So, and you know, well, and to, comes... to answer your question, she only did about 10 things after this. So LA law was one of them. Looks like she did that. And then I'm not sure what happened. Did she die? Like, she's, <laughs> just, she's still alive. Yeah. Oh, she's still alive? Okay, yeah, the yeah. last thing she did was in 93. She just I think stopped. She's, I think she's in her 80s now. She was born in 1936. So, 1938. So, yeah. Sorry, 1938. Fast math, fast math. So, he, she would be in her 90s. She, she's probably one of the only few people left alive that was on the original show. I mean, it's like, you know, you've got a couple of the original cast. You've got, like, Clint Howard, who was a kid back then, and then probably her. Maybe a few uh, other people. Or that at the conventions? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So they okay. So back to the to the episode. So they they ultimately decide to go save the planet. Wesley creates. They fire some torpedoes that do something. I don't know. You know. They drill uh, into the planet and they break down the dilithium lattices that had been created. They go boom. Oh, thank you. Science. <laughs> <laughs> there's a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> Just a really big hose. 
they taped they duct taped fire extinguishers to the Toton torpedoes. <laughs> That's the best description. Um, they do that. They fix the planet. Uh, Data takes Sarjenka back because he he beamed her up. Of course, uh, it takes her back and then they wipe their memories. So then, okay. So it seems like they can wipe memories pretty easily, even though it sounded like mm-hmm. it was a bit more complicated. So I'm like, why not just break the prime directive all the time? If you can wipe memories, yeah, just MIB it, this shit, man. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work all the time. They've tried doing that with yeah. certain species in future episodes. And they've they've said no, we can't. It They're doesn't rain. take. Yeah, it doesn't take. It's so it's it's never it's never a surefire thing. Okay, well that's well, fair. And then Data leaves the rock in her hand. It's like, oh, that's not gonna freak her out. Like, what's this? Why is this rock singing to me? We don't have these <laughs> on our planet. Who wants this? It it and it'll slowly drive her insane until she's committed <laughs> to a mental institution <laughs> in her like thirties. That's what it is. Huh? Um, yeah, that's good. And then they go about on their merry way and then that's it. That's how the episode ends. Um, so no real consequences for anybody. Yeah. They, they saved like a, a billion people. No, nothing for the kill tracker either, man. If anything, we almost have to wipe it clean. They I saved they all saved those people. Like, <laughs> Bastards. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll put this to our guests. Um, what are your kind of final thoughts on this episode? Good, bad, indifferent. I mean, I'm I'm kind of indifferent to this episode, um, but I do want to point out something that Dave, uh, another host on here, said. Her fingers are nightmare fuel. <laughs> Her extremely long pinky. <laughs> <laughs> Let me touch you. Let me caress your skin. <laughs> Rubs his lotion Put on the, the lotion skin. in the basket. I thought she was going to go looking for the the ring, the missing ring. <laughs> Precious. Her middle finger is her pinky, her index finger is a ring finger, and her, um, hang on, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my fingers right now. To see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. Um, I think it was a fine episode. I think it's a solid episode for the most part, and I, I really like the debate they had. I just yeah. find the prime directive a very frustrating thing at all times. Um, especially when they get into Voyager with it, I'm just like, ah, oh, jeez. Oh, let's, um, not, let's <laughs> not go into Voyager. Voyager's it's out the window. But, well, especially once you get into the uh, temporal prime directive, that's just gone. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> yeah. It, mm-hmm. Just wait. Like, it gets fun. I, I liked the kind of middle finger to the prime directive and them just going in and, and trying to save this these people right uh because it it just doesn't i i find i i am with pulaski on this one i think it's really stupid that they just adhere to this stuff blindly without uh you know essentially without thinking with their heart yeah it's just (laughs) yeah and here's the real question is if if data had hadn't intercepted that would they have done anything in the first place? No, they would have just gone about their way. Exactly. Probably, yeah. They, they would have adhered to the prime directive and just gone about their way and let the planet explode. So it's like, I, you know, when, when do we actually step in? When do we actually decide to treat these people as people? 
when we find you know? them, when when they call for help, I think was the yeah deciding factor. It's like and when you get the pet and then you name it, now you can't get rid of it. He hears it, he's like, ah. Crap. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's one of those. It's like, do you alter the timeline or kind of thing? Where it's like, you know, what if this species that they save now grows up to be give it two hundred years, and now they're like this huge warfaring race <sighs> who hates everybody, and it, they and they kill millions of people. I mean, like, or they could <clears throat> find a cure for space cancer. I mean, you know, we don't know. So it's like you don't. I don't know. It's 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 a weird conundrum. Yeah, but the concept that you don't know kind of also means you do what you feel is best and deal with the results. Like, you can't predict the future, so why bother trying to do so? Like when Kirk leaves Khan on the the plan to be like, I'm, I'm going to give you a second chance, and then it comes well, back okay. to bite him in the ass? Well, yeah, there's doing the best thing you can think of and trying to consider the future versus trying to predict the future. Right, you can only... Predict the future yeah. in any way. Don't you do stupid only. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. You can only do the best you can in in the time you have, and whether or not it works is, you know, sometimes out of your hands. Sure. Uh, I I think I it, it's doing the ethical thing versus versus doing the right thing, and yeah, yeah which sometimes can be different. That's true. And, but at uh, the same time, like you said, there's no 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 consequences. So why not break the prime directive every time you feel like it? Right. Because <laughs> you'd think something that it seems to be as important as that would have some kind of solid backup to like you don't do it or this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that they talk about if you take law classes is it has to be a actionable law. It has to be it's only as good as you can enforce it. And their punishment has to be strong enough to keep people from committing whatever crime it is that's going to happen. That's why if you murder someone, it's not the same punishment as if you rob a liquor store. Because one is obviously worse than the other, and so one requires a harder punishment to prevent people from doing it. Someone just started their law class, David. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I wonder, too, is – I mean, obviously, considering that this is um, an episodic show – there really can't be any consequences. It's not like, oh, you know, Picard broke the prime directive. He's in jail now. We have a new captain. Like, that's not how the show works. <laughs> so do you think it's par- partially that as well? Well, yeah, but I mean, you'd, it'd be nice if they mentioned it. Like, this is what could happen to us for doing You got to demerit. You know? Yeah. Well, or I would imagine it would be similar to a court martial. You'd have some kind of trial and then you'd have to try and explain why you did it and be at the hands of a jury or a tribunal of some kind or something they just keep floating through space like nothing happened like <laughs> like eh, consequences consequences <laughs> i always I figured know. they they give them a lot of leeway because they're like well then we got to pull them back to a star base and then we got to do a court martial and that takes time and then we got to send them back out into space you're like that's it just takes too much time well first off there's been See, a funny episode is- called court martial <laughs> and they're at star bases all the time for supposedly being out in the middle of nowhere the thing is i keep thinking about uh like episodes that i've seen that have done this i'm like wait that's not star trek and it irritates the crap out of me because it's the show orville oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. where where they address some of the stuff that star trek was kind of glides over where they do mm-hmm. have car- court martials and stuff like that so that's um, true it's the better Star Trek show. It has more fart jokes. <laughs> I, I love fart Orville. Jokes. Nice. <laughs> I 
Nice. Um, all right. I don't know. I mean, is there any anything else I missed in this episode? Any final uh, parting thoughts from anybody? This is the first episode where Captain Picard orders tea Earl Grey hot and actually gets a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, she gets to wanted. drink it, yes. Yes. As opposed Finally. to like a potted flower or whatever we got in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that was in con- Contagion, right? He, he ordered it, but a, yeah, he got like a, a plant of some kind. Yeah, he got a plant or something. A succulent and a, and a little teacup. Don't say succulent. That makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It makes me uncomfortable like Les- uh, Wesley's uniform. It doesn't zip all the way in the back, and it bothers me. <laughs> does, does no one else notice that? No, oh. I noticed it. Uh, I had no idea. No, there's a uh, on the the top of his pants in the back. It like the zipper doesn't go all the way up, and it looks weird to me. It would appear I am not watching Wesley as closely as you are, Jeff. I'm looking at, at Wesley's ass. I'll just admit it's fine. <laughs> That's why I'm jealous. <laughs> all right. Um, no one died that we can really correlate. I'm sure people on the Ooh. planet died, but I can't, we don't have a yeah, number. Yeah, we can't so. correlate a whole planet Didn't number. quantify they, it. Yeah. No, we have our own not. rules. The prime directive of this podcast, they have to say a number. <laughs> Wait for the next one, for the next episode, because they say it several times. They do, yes. <laughs> um, cool. This has been fun. I, you know, talking about, I need to find better episodes, apparently. I don't, because I feel like we've been having guests on for like these kind of mediocre episodes, and I'm like, I'm sorry. wait 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 no let's get into the next one and i'm sure jr has plenty to say about (laughs) that's true i have a few to say too (laughs) you guys got to speak up because there's no way because between david and and david um no one's gonna get a get a word in so (laughs) otherwise you just end up listening to me talk for 45 minutes yeah oh god our our last one he did like it was 20 minutes of him talking about time travel Mm-hmm. Oh, so mm-hmm. in our our Star Trek episode on four, we started going down that rabbit hole of time travel, yeah. and I had to stop ourselves. I'm like, wait, 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 we can't do this. We can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're the one who asked the question. I was like, ah, uh, we, ah, uh, no, 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 no. Wait, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I mean, and and you can talk about that for like forever. I think we did for a while. Oh yeah, we know. Every time we have a time travel episode, it's going to be David's lecture on time travel for at least twenty minutes. <laughs> I I fear the day we tackled Terminator. Oh, oh God. that's a I messy timeline. Oh, I, I I'll guest star on that one and just talk the whole time. Okay, there we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll just put your episode where you talk about time travel in our drift space episode. There you go. Just kind of put there it in. <laughs> Good nice. slice in there. Um, well, so let's do this. Where can people find the drift space? Where can they find the podcast? And then just you guys on online, uh, 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 plug your shit. Plug our shit. All right, Jared, you want to go first with, uh, your, your shit? Yeah. Um, so I have an Instagram where I do cosplays. You can find me at little man cosplay. And then I also am on Twitter where I'm, rambling about Power Rangers right now, which they just introduced replicators, which makes me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> that, that is little man underscore says one. Rebecca. You can find all of my links, all of my artwork at the link tree app, link tr dot ee slash reb dot hudge. That's R-E-B dot 
H-U-D-G-E. Uh, and I'm, you can find, this is G here, you can find uh, me on Twitter at G-Man of Mysteroid. And you can also check out my Substack, which is called uh, Deferential Wrath of a Rusting Markalite Cannon. It's at markalite.substack.com. Uh, and the Drift Space, you can find on Twitter at the Drift Space. You can find our show at bit.ly backslash TDS links. Right on. That's a lot of links. It's a lot of links. It's a lot of links. <laughs> a lot of links. We, we, we came strapped to uh, plug ourselves. Good. Someone better come strapped for this. Hey, hey. Always strapped. Strapped succulents. That's all I'm going to think about now. Strapped succulents. <laughs> Phil has ruined me. Uh, right on. Uh, no, this has been fun. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Well, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, You're hopefully you're joining us for the next one because it's a much better episode. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, well, yeah. So to the host of the Drift Space, thank you so much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Of Thank course. you so much. Anytime. Um, David, wanna, oh, do you, uh, David, what's your rating for this episode? I don't think we got to that. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. The Dave O'Meter would probably clock this one at about five and a half. Okay. That's still pretty yeah. good for you. Out yeah, of... it's not <laughs> 10. Not out of like 20 or oh, out, out, of, of, <laughs> out, of, out of 300. <laughs> I think yeah, for, I think David, you should you should actually shift the ranking scale every episode. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it every episode, but I definitely had to shift it after we got out of TOS and into TNG because the I first few episodes that. were like yep. nines, eights, this is amazing, and <laughs> I was like, oh crap, I got to dial this back, or everything's gonna be like. Every, but I, at the episodes. same time, I know what's coming, so I'm like, <laughs> you might want to shift that a lot more. <laughs> There's a curve. There is a very big curve. Yeah. I think you're just, yeah, I think Dave's just happy overall where it's like, these are, they may not be the best, but they're not terrible. Yes. Cause you know, it's, the Dave meter has to get recalibrated all the time. It's a very efficient it. scale. It is. <laughs> it's, it's a finicky, you know, fine piece of t- technical equipment thing. <laughs> thing. All right. Uh, uh, Dave and Phil, any of you have a parting thoughts on this one? Nope. 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 <laughs> Solid. All right. Let's then let's end this one. All right. That is it. Oh, sorry, David. A plug our shit. Sorry. Oh yes. Yeah. Check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com where we got links to all of our social media sites. You can go buy our shit at Cafe Press and we'll get like a dollar. And wherever pods are casted, which is wherever you found this to listen to it, give us a five star rating and review on there, and we would love to read it out over the air. Please, please go and do it. Well, thank you. Apparently, we say shit a lot. I don't know if we do or not. That's weird. Anyways. I think uh, I say it one time every time I do the endings. You probably do. <laughs> uh, that is it for us. Thank you for everyone for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Later. Later.